0: Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Precision Rifle Channel Podcast. I am here literally with my good friend Nico Detour. He stopped by the office today and so I said, Hey Nico, we're going to do a podcast. So everybody, Nico Detour. (laughs) lot. So if you guys aren't familiar with Nico Detour, he's been in the Precision Rifle scene for a few years now. Um, He started out, like I said, a couple of years ago and has progressed tremendously in a very short amount of time. He actually... If I'm not mistaken, your first uh, Precision Rifle match, you were shooting gas guns.
1: Yeah.
0: And... Uh, the 300 Win Mag. 300 Win Mag. <sighs> <laughs> the Falkor defense, uh, the Petra, if I remember correctly. Yes. right? the Petra. Yep, it was a badass was rifle. Um, and now you have graduated and progressed and, and moved up from... Uh, or not necessarily moved up, but moved over from gas guns all the way over to uh, your 6 millimeter variant uh, bolt guns. Oh, yeah. So... Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself, other than uh, the, the brief introduction I, I quickly gave everybody. What else do people need to know about you, Nico?
1: I like long walks on the beach. Uh, <laughs> I love sunsets. <laughs> Come on, man. Um,
0: No, this yeah. is
1: about it. I dive right in at uh, Precision Rifle World. Uh, you helped me a lot when I first started out, and a bunch of other really good guys, and guided me along my way, and, you know... It's like we always say, the guys are so helpful, and women, are in this sport, that they'll give you the shirt off their back or the keys to their truck, except for a couple of you guys. You know who you are. And uh, it's just, everyone was so helpful with me and guiding me and helping me try not to make the same mistakes they made to save me time and money that I've progressed faster than I feel you know, you normally would if you're trying to go out and do it by yourself and learn all those mistakes the hard way.
0: Absolutely. Well, you also had a couple of other advantages where, um, for those of you that don't know, Nico and I, for the longest time, are neighbors. Uh, we are good friends uh, for the past several years. So Nico would uh, would be my road dog on a lot of these trips that we would go to. So you had an opportunity to shoot matches all over the country as well. Oh, yeah. All right.
1: Everywhere. We did all those matches in New Mexico, Nebraska. Just We've been all over the country, but yeah, I it's mean, all west of the Mississippi. We've hit them all.
0: We started with, what was the first match? Was your first match of PRS or a Vegas. competition? It was the
1: giant Vegas match of death that uh, Tyler Frenner and his lovely, the Sin City vicious crew. wife, uh, A and all those guys put on. Uh, the Sin City crew. It wasn't the finale. It was just a big match, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was just a, one of their larger matches. Yeah.
1: yeah, it was just a huge match they put on down there, and it was very humbling to sit the leaves. <laughs>
0: I actually remember now because everyone was like, why the hell is he shooting a three hundred and one mag? I
1: made no friends. <laughs> no friends. It was actually, a, who is it? Joe, there's a picture of Joe hiding behind me when he's R.O.ing the stage, just pushing down the muffs of his uh, ear pro mm. while I'm shooting off a tripod underneath the overhang at Sin City's range. And, yeah, everybody definitely knew when I was up to shoot. Yep. The whole line got quiet. <laughs>
0: I do remember that. And then we started shooting competition dynamics. Yep. And did team matches. Um, you did the sack as well, if I'm not mistaken, oh, yeah. one year, right? That was punchy. I heard uh, there was some uh, a cool little story of law enforcement behind that one.
1: Oh, yeah. The old Tyler Hughes and I got a, what, you want to hear that one? <laughs> uh, see if I remember that. Uh, yeah, just pretty much Tyler and I were kind of held at gunpoint by the local uh, law enforcement out there because he had rolled up on two guys that shaved their heads with uh, awesome mohawks with gun belts, pistol belts, ammo, ARs, and just tactical gear everywhere sleeping on the side of the road out in this beautiful uh, country of Wyoming. And he damn thought he found Al-Qaeda. Like, he thought, here we go, boys. Yeah, I found him. My God. And when we awoke, uh, we had stopped for a little tactical uh, catnap because there's a couple other uh, competitors there at a water checkpoint and we're like alright cool we'll wait, sun comes up in about 30 minutes we'll take a quick break we'll get up, we'll hit it fresh in the sunrise and sure enough we woke up to somebody kicking me and I was like oh yes hey, no problem sir we're here for a competition uh, there's a bunch of guys right over there and everybody was gone we were the only ones there and so he uh, absolutely did not believe anything I said and nothing checked out. I didn't know the rancher's name, nobody. And he just, he thought he found Al Qaeda. And he was going <laughs> to take us down. And Tyler pops up, and I guess he had some problems on his record or whatever. That, that was like a parking ticket or something. So he thought he found some renegade rebels out in the middle of beautiful Wyoming, and he was going to be in the paper. And uh, he was about to take us in when, uh, who is it? Oh, Premier's Optics, uh, Josh. Redbeard Josh from US Olympics comes driving in, sees us all bright and cheery because he's helping our own. sees us, waves, oh hey guys, how's it going, and he just sees us about to get a handcuffs put on, he pulls over, he's like, hey, what's going on brother, as we all know he, how he does, and uh, he happened to straighten it out for us, luckily because he knew names and people and this and that, so the odds were in our favor that day that Josh just happened to be driving by, thanks again brother, <laughs> otherwise I'd be talking to San Quentin, <laughs>
0: So always it seems like shenanigans are following you around. Uh, local matches, national matches, team matches, wherever it seems to go, you're always uh, you're always known as...
1: Are you saying I'm a shit magnet?
0: No, shit magnet? no, 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 not a shit magnet. A fun magnet. Fun magnet. <laughs> a shit magnet, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but what I wanted to do is I wanted to talk to you today because one of the big conversations you and I have had over the past year... Um, is about reloading and as you guys if you haven't met Nico you can kind of tell by the first part of our conversation here he's uh, he's kind of all over the place he's, he's a little bit wild a little bit rambunctious always having fun having a good time can't sit still for more than a couple of minutes unless he's passed out drunk even then he's still wiggling around um, but you decided this year 2019 that you're going to start reloading
1: yep absolutely
0: okay so why, after the past two years of conversation, have you three decided, now. three years? Three years. Three uh, years? History. Okay. Three, three years. years of conversation, have you decided to go into reloading?
1: So, since we first got into it, we've kind of been on the diehard route of we're staying factory because it's easy, we're busy, we're training, we're teaching, we're doing whatever, and it's tough to find time to reload. You know, with all the matches we're going to or helping out or ROing and whatnot, it was, it's tough to find time. And we like being able to pick up ammo and just go. Hey, there's a match this weekend. Hey, no problem. I'm done reloading. I pick up that case from uh, Ammo Brothers and go. But recently I found that I want more control over my environment. Because right now shooting that 6 Creedmoor, it's awesome and it's done well for me. And its I mean, we all know the rifle out shoots me every day of the week anyways. But I'm trying to gain a little bit more advantage for what I want to do. And aside from shooting my two two three, which I feel I've been doing pretty well with. <laughs> yeah, been. I see like a nine to eight difference between going from like the big boy caliber, you know, like a big six Creedmoor or six five and jumping down that little two two three. I I kid you not, I saw almost eighty percent of every shot. I saw every trace, every miss. I mean and if I didn't, it was a really tough shot. It was far, it was the environments were wrong, whatever. I just wasn't looking. I failed somewhere. But just being able to see that much more and get that much more information for me was huge. Because now I can process what happened after that shot and see where I missed so I can make that good calculated measurement and get a good second-round impact, hopefully.
0: Right, which is very key to this sport. I mean, if you don't see where your first-round impacts or, or misses – how do you make a correction, right? I mean, you're guessing. You
1: poke in the dark, right. So, a really humbling event for me that uh, we went to together, out in the uh, old Butch's uh, Butch's Oklahoma match. That old crusty dog. He uh, put on one hell of a match, and even though a majority of it, there's a lot of prone shooting. It was probably the most humbling match I've been to because there is zero backdrop for you. There's, if you don't see where you missed, you know, if you don't catch your trace, good luck. Because there's so much veg all over the place and that's what kind of keeps pushing me towards this route that I need to practice more to see that trace so I can make those good corrections. And am I substituting just lack of more seat time and more training by just jumping to a go fast round? You know, a little bit, but it's a competition. I'm looking for every advantage I can, right? Right. Right. You know, if that was the case, then why aren't people still shooting four pound triggers? So that's what we're thinking, man. We're just gonna we're gonna push into like a six dasher or six BRA or something like that, and just something lightweight, no recoil, minimal powder, and just shoot the snot out of it with high BC, and just have fun. But the side of that is that I am not set up to reload whatsoever. And it's kind of tough this wall dot pill to buy all the gear to get into it on the level that I want to be
0: at.: Right, so when we talk about this, I mean, you and I have discussed a little bit over the past couple of days about the type of investment that you're making into this, but you don't necessarily need to go full-blown like you are.:
1: No, no, you absolutely don't. but I believe if you're going to do something. You can
0: do it full retard. Catch <laughs> gotcha. full retard. Full retard. Go, you, you know if you're going,
1: go full retard, man.
0: So tell us what did you, what did you get and why did you go that route and who kind of I know you've been hanging out and talking to Solomon Monsala quite a bit. He's the a great solo sensei. The, the great solo. He's he's kind of a guru in reloading. But what what made you pick and choose what you went with or what you're going with? What, I mean. I don't know if I should say, but I know you just spent a crap ton of money on a bunch oh, of yeah. reloading stuff.
1: Oh, there's a lot of money spent. All those hard-earned dollars are gone now. But for me, it's kind of playing catch-up because, I mean, all those guys out there that are reloading, you know, they, 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 they can all tell you from experience, right? It's like I have my training points that I make on my emotional scars, of things that have happened in my life that I try not to repeat. And so they are nice enough to share those their emotional scars with me and realizing, you know what, I went cheap out of the gate. I got this one; it works. It gets the job done for me. But, you know, five months later, six months later, I really wish I'd bought the other one. And they end up buying the other one, and now they have their cheaper one already invested in. And you're, you could spend a little too, a little bit much more off the gate and had the nice one from the go. So and the- save you an hour reloading. Like the what's the big argument on? Uh, Gerard Trimmer. You know, save you a bunch of time trimming, prepping your brass there versus doing an old system. And I see a lot of buddies upgrading to that. But they'd already invested in their old trimmers and whatnot, wishing they had just bought it from the get-go.
0: So it's that same type of theory, buy once, cry once.
1: Buy once, cry once. Can you do it with less? Absolutely. But like we said, we, we are nomads and we travel a lot and our time is very valuable. When we're home, we want to be with family, friends. I don't want to spend every waking moment reloading. Well, that's a lie. I kind of do, but <laughs> uh, I would like to enjoy, you know, friends and family while I'm home. So I'm trying to invest in getting nicer gear to save me time in reloading and to give me a higher quality product, hopefully.
0: All right. So let's start off. Let's go, Let's go down that list. What was uh, your, your first? Your first purchase. So
1: the first ideal purchase, but due to a lack of communication with Sensei, with Sensei Solo was uh, uh, we were, we found a Forrester uh, coax press for sale. Just happened to come up on uh, Midway, and I couldn't find, them, couldn't find. Them. They came up for sale, and we were waiting to buy it. I was waiting to hear back from them and I don't know, good man, he was at his daughter's volleyball game or something, so he couldn't get back to me. So I didn't buy it. Sure enough, next day, sold. So we're still looking for one, if any of you guys uh, find one. But we went with that press because Sensei Solo said so. And, no, uh, I mean, you get away with a lot of other presses, but we like the precision that that press puts out. And with the jaw system it has underneath, it makes it very nice. You don't have to use shell holders and whatnot because the jaw system accounts for all that. Right. Uh, after that, what else? We went with uh, the A&D uh, scale system. So I can get all the cool guy area four nineteen gear, which I haven't got yet. But I ordered the auto trickler kit. Comes with the powder thrower, the trickler, the belts, all that doodads. That wasn't cheap. Uh, what else did we get, man? Ah, oh, there's just a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, there's all the little things you got to get the trays, the bullet holders. Um, I also got since obviously I don't have any reloading equipment. I got some. Uh, Reloading dies for my two-two-three because I have a really nice two-two-three bolt gun, and I don't want to burn up all that cheap two-two-three brass I have to practice on before I waste this dollar ten dasher brass or whatever I end up with.
0: What? Well, do you have an idea of what brass you're going to go with?
1: Uh, for the dasher. Yeah. Well, a lot, a lot well, of guys are using the Lapua six BR and then uh, side or fire forming them to dasher right. right now. But Norma came out with their own factory brass. But I don't know enough about that yet because it's still fairly new. Some guys don't like it. Some guys like it. We'll see. Still still trying to feel that one out. Okay. But as far as equipment, yeah. Um, I got the two-two-three reloading pre- uh, die so I can practice on all that stuff, get myself up to speed enough. Which yeah. dies are you going with? Uh, we went the Reading S Match competition okay. dies. I mean, did we need match dies for two-two-three? Probably not. But...
0: Buy once, cry once. Full
1: retard. Here we go.
0: <laughs> Are you getting into annealing?
1: Uh oh, annealing. So I am by no means an expert, and I know everyone has their opinions on this. But for me, on the pure consumer standpoint, looking on it, I found the easy annealer. Right, it's a system, It just kind of just drops right in. It does its annealing, and it drops out the bottom. And they have a case feeder for it, like you guys see on the Dillon 1050s and whatnot. So I can set it up, set the temperature, it's controlled, and it just drops them in for me. And then I just put a catch pan underneath, set it, forget it, let it run on my brass, and I could go do some other process right now, get my powder set up and whatnot, right? So we're going with the easy annealer, ideally. Unless one of you guys tell me something differently. I swear to (laughs) God, the list has changed so many times.
0: Well, that's the hard part, is when you... Start a project like this, you get so many different opinions from so many different people that it's really hard to actually know what the best product is to go with. I mean, when you first start, you know, when I first started reloading, I started reloading 308. And that's the only thing I've ever reloaded. And I did everything on a single press, RCBS, and that's all I know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went with that just because I'd always seen RCBS and... I knew that they made a decent product. I knew Hornaday, you know, and uh, there was a couple of others out there that made great products, Dell and so on and so forth. But what do you actually need versus what do you actually need to spend money on? So you know, that's that's, the, that's, that's, a, that's a, good, a tricky question, right?
1: It's like something I've been fighting with that I can't quite wrap my head around. But thankfully, I have uh, people are much wiser than me right now telling me what to do. And uh, it's like, uh, you guys seen the CPS uh, primer. It's this really high-speed billet, freaking go fast priming system. You could fully adjust it, set your priming depth. It's it's pretty impressive looking, right? It's sounds totally fancy. Nice. It's very fancy, but I think they want like six hundred dollars or something like that for it. Or you can get the RCBS primer for I think a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars. No, so, I'm sorry. It was, yeah, for a hundred dollars, you get the RCBS one. Okay. And it does. A great job and has been doing a great job for a lot of these shooters out there for a long time so when does that become justifiable to spend it i mean that might save me a little bit of time having that one but
0: or does it cause more problems because now you can adjust more things more
1: yeah, maybe i mean mm-hmm.
0: when i was priming i was literally using the hand grenade the hand
1: thing and primary yep. yeah
0: you know you you put them in the tray you shake them around so they're all facing the same way and you squeeze and hopefully nothing blows up in your hand so right? that's the
1: thing I mean, how much are those? They're fifty bucks, something like that. Yeah, you know, hundred at the most, maybe. Up to, versus, the dude, yeah,
0: fifty bucks, I think. Versus
1: a six hundred dollar primer, right? But I don't know. So where's the justification in there? I don't. I think I could spend four hundred, five hundred dollars somewhere else in my reloading setup to make up for that time or
0: ease. So which one are you going with?
1: Right now we're on RCBS because Solo said no. <laughs> 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 he, he he gave the no go on that one right now. Until uh, until we I get justifiable reason to need that, or I find a okay. lack somewhere else where I feel I do need that. So we're not going
0: we're not going full retard on the primer yet. We're
1: going full retard, but I think we're gonna hold off on that one for now. But it still intrigues me. I'm like, but I feel I need that. Right, <laughs> but why is that so much better?
0: I, I think that's kind of the curse of everybody in Precision Rifle. It's like mm-hmm. they see something new and shiny and expensive, oh, yeah. and it's like, oh, I must have that, but do you really need it?
1: That's that's a tough question. I I don't know enough about it yet, but I do see a lot of these top guys that are our friends. I mean, they've been running those old RCBS or hand primer ones for a long time, and it's worked for them. Right. So, I don't know. That one's still on the dartboard, so we'll see what happens with that, but... Right now we I think we're staying with the R C B S one. Okay. Till we find out more.
0: Cool. So you got the easy annealer, you got the R C B S primer.
1: What else we got? Um Oh a good one, uh good one that was brought up by my friends to because you're gonna have, make mistakes or whatever, whatnot, and you're gonna need to pull bullets, right, to save components. Right. And there's this one uh he told me to get the Horny Camlock. And it's okay. like you know, it's got a big old lever and it uses a collet system, pitches around the bullet. It's actually pretty cool compared to the other styles I've seen, and I, that'd be a good investment because I'm going to make mistakes. That's part we of the all curve.
0: <laughs> hey, I, I still have my hammer bullet uh, projectile oh, no, puller. One, you gotta yeah, you got smack it on the ground. And you're oh. like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> do it, do
1: yeah. So they uh, they recommended to get that bad dog, which is pretty cool. Nice. Uh, what else we got for you? We already talked about the drug trimmer because that alone will. Shave us a bunch of time. Pricey up front, worth it in the long run. Right. Uh.
0: You yeah. talked about the Area 419 kit already.
1: Yeah, the Area 419 kit. Pretty much, all right, I am by no means an expert in the reloading stuff yet, but uh, how I understand, the, the autotrickler.com guy, he makes all the 3D printed parts for the system and makes it all talk to one another. And then the Area 419 kit pretty much takes all his 3D printed parts and whatnot, improves them and makes it all a billet, which is really cool. Right. And you know, me being a, a metal guy, I like metal, right? So that's it's an improvement. Area four nineteen does a lot of other stuff with it. But as I as far as I understand it, that's the difference between their access or their upgrade kit and the original kit. The original, okay. I'm sure there's more to it. Um ooh, one that I'm uh very uh, intrigued with that I got was the mighty armory deprimer, primer so I can have a. Uh, I I found this old uh, rcbs single stage press brand new in the box with the box looked like it was original packaging from the 50s or something but nice the press is brand new and I'm gonna set up just as a dedicated d-primer okay and just use that uh was yeah the mighty uh mighty armory d-primer and just let it do one purpose in life
0: so what's so unique about this d-primer
1: uh, I like it because it has interchange or a uh, removable uh, pins inside of it for okay. the, uh, to remove the primer. Right. And you know, if I bend one, I tweak it or I change to a smaller primer, like a lapua brass or something, I can put the smaller pin in there. So I felt that was kind of cool.
0: More adjustability, more, more, more options with it. Yeah. Versatile. Versatile. There versatile. you go. So that's, that's the word.
1: That's what I came across. I talked to some guys, you, I mean, Again, you could get away with a lot less expensive or, uh, no, I'm, I'm afraid to say lower end, but yeah, just not as uh, expensive stuff and you can get away with it, absolutely. But I'm just kind of going slightly full retard here. <laughs> You know, because I, I don't want to have to buy something better six months from now. That's but, that's my biggest fear, which I'll probably end up having to do anyways. But. Well,
0: you know you're going to. I mean, that's the sport that we live in is every six months something new comes out. It's, something it's, new and shiny. It's, it's as bad as technology. I mean, the new iPad or new iPhone's out and eight months later a new one's out and you're spending another $1,000 on a phone. Do you need it? No, but it's new, so you're going to get it.
1: Yep. Ah, well, I mean, that's uh, the gist of it or the gist of it. And, yeah, we talked about the scale. Um, what else? Oh, uh, we're going to s- set up for uh, stainless steel, brass tumbling. I got a lot of stuff off of Amazon, <laughs> believe it or not. Just like, you know, your o- OAL gauge, shoulder gauges, stuff like that, stainless steel media, uh, rock forward, uh, tumbler, just things like that. Br- okay. like t- uh, media separator. Just right. There's so many little things that add up to a lot. It's
0: ridiculous. <laughs> so the, the interesting part about this is is we're talking as you literally have just started ordering this stuff. You have yes. your, your shopping list. You're ordering it. And my biggest... Okay, so I've known Nico. We've known each other for a long time. And my biggest thing to Nico was like, dude, factory off the shelf. It's easy. Buy it. Run and go. We can get it anywhere. doesn't matter. Plus, your OCD is hell, bro. Oh, yeah. So... My biggest thing is, is how long are you going to stick with this now? That's thats the question. You have a, a good bit of money going into this. You have the setup. You're building out a room at your house for this. I mean, you're, you oh, yeah. are going full retard.
1: Yeah, you know, some changes in my life happened, and I got a whole empty bedroom there now. And so, it's going to be the man cave of your reloading room of death. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's like, we, I originally kind of wanted to get into it because I wanted to learn more of the science and you know, educate myself further into the environment, like in conversations where you don't quite know exactly what People are specs, saying, the yeah. numbers guys are talking about. You're like, man, I want to get on that level. Well, this is me trying to further my knowledge and progress in my knowledge seeking.
0: Well, and that's huge because I think that if you're truly going to be a expert or if you're going to be on that level, mm-hmm. you should know as much as you can know possibly about what you're getting into, you know, from okay. ballistics to the formulas, the science, you know, not just, hey, I want that because everybody else has it type of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's you could do it that way, too. But if you could actually understand it and start to tinker and that, that's what that's what's going to intrigue me, you know, tinkering a little bit. Well, staying within the specs, but tinkering so I can kind of learn and experiment on my own. Nice. Kinda see how things work.
0: So, have you decided for 2019? We're still before uh, the, the season starts. You know, we're, we're about a month out before the season starts. Have you decided which caliber you're going to start with?
1: 223, baby. Woo! <laughs> need to bring back tactical class. That's what we need. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, so I always got the, the of my little 223, that freaking just drills with factory ammo. But that's always back up. Uh, I had Mr. Uh, Mark Suley spin up my six Creedmoor as okay. a temporary option for me that I can run for a while until I burn out that barrel, and really, it's just getting all my reloading stuff together, getting my gun figured out, get my ammo figured out, and we're I'm pretty sure it's going to go with Dasher right now. Dasher? Dasher unless, you know, some... Laser Bullet comes out tomorrow that I just have to have.
0: And then you gotta go buy all new dyes. Yeah, I go
1: buy all new stuff all over again. But no, um, it's looking like definitely, most likely, definitely probably a Dasher.
0: Nice. That's so, right now. It's so,
1: very easy to find powder, as I understand, because most of these guys just run Varget. Right. You know, CCI primers, and it's just very forgiving compared to some of the other cartridges.
0: Nice, so if I'm not mistaken, Solo runs a Dasher as well, correct?
1: No, I believe Mister
0: Solo runs a six by forty-seven. Is he six
1: forty-seven? I, I, I don't know if he jumped over to Dashy. I don't think he did.
0: Okay, I thought for some reason I thought maybe he jumped over.
1: No, I think he's still Mister Six by forty-seven.
0: Six forty-seven, that guy. <laughs> so, just uh, a, a quick little side note here. The commotion here in the background is, is Jet. That's a uh, that's Nico's uh, German Shepherd. You see him in all his Instagram and all that kind of good stuff. He's hanging out and getting a little bit anxious, but. Uh, He's doing good. So you're gonna go six dasher. You're gonna have your two two three as a backup, mm-hmm. and then you're gonna start reloading from the get go.
1: That's the hope. But if we're not up and running in time, I got that six creed sitting around from uh, Spartan rifles that I know just hammer. So that's that's the alternative for right now. Might have to run that for the first match or two until uh, I figure out what I'm doing with. My hands and all this reloading stuff.
0: <laughs> nice. Now, any other new changes for 2019?
1: Um, As far as new changes, uh, no, nah, man. I'm just still running my XLR. Love my US Optics, as all of you guys know. Uh, definitely love my Zero Delta mounts because it's solid one piece and it never fails me. As far as big changes, man, just... Same guy I was freaking last year.
0: <laughs> nice. Do you have a, your schedule figured out this year?
1: Yeah, that's ugly. That's <laughs> ugly, man. So, I put it down on paper with all the NRL matches. Uh, there's a handful of semi-local PRS matches I might flirt with. Competition dynamics matches. Team matches I found. I think I saw 27 national level matches on my calendar. 27. 27. We're going to whittle some out, but tentatively it could be 27
0: so it's safe to say between 20 and 27 matches next year
1: yeah for this coming year absolutely it's and once in a while i keep hearing about like last minute matches too it's like hey you want to come this one like i can't i have a <laughs> lot of ammo and time maybe match junkie
0: Jeez. okay so 20 27 matches six dasher how many barrels is that
1: Ah, uh, well it depends who you are <laughs> You <laughs> uh, me? I I don't know. I might be a a bad guy and try and push my barrels a little longer. I mean, let's say let's say we do fifteen hundred rounds. Uh, fifteen hundred rounds a barrel. I mean, that's we'll say we want to do twenty matches.
0: Say twenty matches.
1: Oh, um, so I mean, dude, we're and then you got practice in there the, too. And the the you have to in there too.
0: And then oh, yeah. and that's just that one rifle.
1: Come here, Jay. Come on, bro. Yeah, that's just that one rifle. That freaking changing it back to back. That's a lot of barrels, man. A lot. Of... So we'll say, all right, we'll say we did it like some of these higher end pros and changed it out about every thousand rounds. Okay. Just to be safe. Just to be safe. So there's 20 barrels right there in the season.
0: That's insane. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Not 20. Not 20. Twice, not twice. It's about so 10, right? Are
1: we a, well normal number? 250 rounds a match. You know, because okay. you got zero, you got sight in, or a. Uh, dope collection, you know, if, if they're right. still out there. So we'll say about 250 rounds a match. Man, that's a whole lot of rounds, buddy. Whole lot of rounds, whole lot of barrels. I mean, is you that get, feasible now?
0: See, now, now you have your schedule, but is it realistic?
1: So at 20 matches, 250 rounds, that puts us at 5,000 rounds. Not even with any practice, training, club matches. Buddy, here we go. So you're
0: you're gonna be pushing six, seven barrels a year this year. Yeah,
1: that's that's an easy six or seven barrels.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah, that'd, that'd be a good time right there. But that's what I drove drove into this year, wanting to do. I mean, we might not make all twenty matches, but it'll probably end up twenty with all the club matches and smaller matches. I'll make it to. Right. And training and. Man, It's gonna well, be another season now. Woo!
0: Yep. So oh. you got your two, two, three. You got your dasher, and then we were hanging out in the car earlier today, doing, running some errands, and we were talking about ELR. Oh and, yeah. Ooh. And no, you're not getting dibs on my 300 Win Mag. So you're gonna build your own.
1: It, well, you know, we might build a 300 Win Mag or uh, a
0: Seven Psalm.
1: Yeah, Scott Sowery kind of selling me on that uh, Seven Psalm, and that'll be pretty freaking rad. But we'll see. We'll see. I, I just want to try master one thing at a time here. <laughs> oh, are you freaking getting hungry, huh? Uh, Yeah, no. So, we got 5,000 rounds if we shot 20 matches, right? Yep. 20 national level matches. That's a whole lot of bullets, buddy.
0: That's, that's a, a whole lot of reloading. That's a lot of reloading.
1: So, bringing it back to our reloading topic, investing in myself in nicer reloading equipment, like per se that easy annealer that has the uh, a case
0: feeder. Right. I mean, if the that saves feed. me
1: enough, the auto-feed auto or whatever, I mean, if that saves me time, the Gerard Trimmer saves me, you know, 30 minutes, an hour here or there, that adds up.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's
1: time you and I could be hanging out watching the game or, you know, throwing tennis balls for Jed or whatever, right?
0: Absolutely does. Absolutely. So,
1: with that many rounds going down range, it's... We're going to need to save some time in the reloading room, get back out, and start shooting more.
0: Yes, sir. So, one thing that we haven't covered, and I don't know if you've thought about this yet or not, but for your six-dasher, what projectile are you going to go with? Uh, Or are we not there yet?
1: Well, so it's come up. A lot of guys like the 115 D-Tags or the 105 Hybrids. So, and the guys I talk to, they go back and forth. Like, there's not like one holy grail, but I mean, I'm sure somebody's got an opinion out there (laughs) about it, but... As far as I understand, it's in between the 105 hybrid and 115 D-Tax. Nice. But we'll see. We'll see. We're going to have to do a little experimenting on our own and learn.
0: Yeah, I would imagine that there's going to be a a little bit of break-in period, learning how to not only reload, but then testing the different rounds. Yeah. You know, um, figuring out what powder exactly, you know, what the, the magic combination is exactly for your rifle.
1: Yeah. And thankfully, we always got the 223 as backup. Go out there and burn her down.
0: <laughs> awesome, brother. Well, hey, I appreciate it. It sounds like Jet here is getting hungry. I appreciate you hanging out today. Um, I'm sure, you know, our audience is going to love this this topic because reloading is such a uh, – it's a huge topic. And everybody, like we said, has a different opinion a different uh, process to it. So – Coming from you, I, what I like to do is follow up with you in maybe six months and, and see how it's going and see if you're I don't know sticking. What happened, with it. dude? The house burned down. <laughs>
1: you know, it was weird. All my guns survived. The house burned to the ground.
0: I don't know. What happened. <laughs> <laughs> or in six months, if you're looking for a factory ammo sponsor, yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: we'll shoot for ammo. <laughs> we'll
0: see but no 2019 is going to be an awesome year we're going to be doing quite a bit of traveling together so it's always good having you on the road with us um we'll definitely pick up this conversation like i said in a couple of months and go from there brother
1: hell yeah man
0: well i appreciate it Uh, until next time you guys keep shooting be safe and we look forward to seeing you on the range take care